mailbox rule so there's different types of laws there's different types of tools you can use whether you're dealing with debt collector court case literally anything any type of correspondence whereby you're using a private carrier a public carrier it's called the mailbox rule and it applies also to electronic email what is it the mailbox rule also called the posting rule which is the default rule meaning automatically the presumptions of this rule outweighs anything else which is the default rule under contract law oh man this speaks so much meaning this is based on contract automatically you know, there's different types of laws but this is based on contract law and within any given daily activities we are all engaging in different types of laws without even realizing it for determining the time at which an offer is accepted this offer is not limited to you staying all right uh, this is a demand letter for your bond or whatever it is this can be you simply sending a correspondence to the court clerk this can be you simply sending a correspondence to one party or another states that an offer is considered accepted at the consideration having to do a contract meaning I give you something or I do a specific action and I say I need this to occur and you look at that and weigh it to determine whether you accept it or refuse it in this case the act is that actual thing that you put in inside that envelope and sealing and send it to the addressee and you being the addresser states that an offer is considered accepted at the time that the acceptance is communicated listen to this especially for those of you doing court and satisfaction UCC 3-311 or other type of discharge predicated upon 31 USC 3113 whether you're using a 1099A 1096 and the instrument or you're doing the GSA whatever it is that you're doing this plays an extremely huge role or just anything else this is a rule that states that an offer is considered accepted the moment at the time that the acceptance is communicated in the moment you put the intent out there and it can be cross-referenced that the intent was put out there regardless of whether they physically got it in their hand it is considered accepted let's keep reading whether by mail or email Parties can alter their contract, meaning modification of contract due process. Do not use the mailbox rule to and determine between themselves at what time an offer will be considered accepted. Remember, this rule is a default rule. And automatically, this has a preponderance of evidence that this is how it normally works, unless it is stipulated and modified otherwise. The rule originated in the British case Adams versus Mincell in the year 1818 and this has not been overruled for whatever reason when the court adopted the doctrine to rest your and applied it 
the bilateral contract, meaning a constitutional contract where due process is given and both parties are both aware of the conditions of what's going on, meaning it's not ex parte. Both parties know what's going on and both parties accepted it. A bilateral contract is a contract which both parties exchange promise to perform on parties' promise serves as consideration for the promise of the other. As a result, each party is an obligor on the party's own promise and the obligee on the other party, meaning they both consent. It's a mutual agreement. Meaning you can't use this to cheat others. Due process always apply. So don't be gung-ho with this now. But nonetheless, keep in mind that it's, it is, in fact, a default rule. Is there a loophole to this? Yes. Are we discussing it here? No. As with most of contract law, the mailbox rule varies from state to state. Meaning, your state common law, your state general assembly, legislation, general act, public act, determines the extent of how this works. For instance, some states, the mailbox rule does not apply to emails. It only applies to just regular mail, whether you use UPS, FedEx, USPS, or other private carriers. In other states, it applies both to email, mail, and other forms of communication that are not mail or email. It applies to telephone, and some, some states are going to have laws regarding telephone calls and contract. This goes deep. goes very, very deep. Some states even go so deep that it applies to just you writing a note and putting it in the front door. That's some powerful stuff right there. Very, very powerful. But on the federal level, the presumption that it applies to email and mail. So if I were you, I'd probably do my best to look into this case law. Don't just read the, the, the general summary you find randomly online. Go into the state. Look into the district where this court case took place and order the final judgment. And find an effect in the conclusion of law of this case. Because if you want to use the mailbox rule or invoke it, the order will give you a bit of a oomph in the whole thing. Although it is a default rule, so there's a presumption that this applies automatically. But you still have to invoke it though, or else they're just going to do an affirmative defense against you and say, well, we didn't receive it during this day, but, well, the mailbox rule says it by default the moment that I sent it out there, it's, it's considered accepted. Restatement language. Restatement of contract, section 63, echoes that opinions of many states, distinguishing between an opinion contract and bilateral contract, option contract and bilateral contract, the statement reads, unless the offer provides otherwise, unless the offer provides otherwise, then there's a stipulation against this mailbox rule. An acceptance made in a manner and by a medium invited by an offer is operative and completes the manifestation of mutual assent as soon as put out of the offeree's possession. Without regards to whether it ever reaches the offerer, but an acceptance under an option contract is not operative under 
until received by the inferior. Men is so long, it is reasonable, and you're not trying to do some ex parte, dirty, underhanded stuff. The moment that thing leaves your possession, you being the offeree, say you sent a register mail. And it shows that moment you look at the tracking online and it says mail accepted by whatever the post office is, and you have the receipt in your hand, the mailbox will applies as though they've already accepted it. So slow down and listen to these words. Read this mailbox rule, and you will begin to see how extremely powerful it is when it comes to doing certain things. You figure it out how you can use it, but the different tools that you can use it with has been mentioned earlier. Then goes on to say, in other words, under jurisdictions, which have adopted the restatement rule, which is what we just read, the condition of you stipulating otherwise, you don't stipulate otherwise, and the moment it leaves your possession, it is deemed accepted. The mailbox rule doctrine applies to bilateral contracts, but not to option contracts. The question here is, what in the world is option contract? We've read bilateral contracts, which is just the way contracts normally should be. Option contract, meaning both parties agree to it, and both parties are aware that, okay, whatever it is you're going to be sending, I'm expecting it, and it's not underhanded. Basically, you're not, you're doing things in good faith. That's what bilateral contract is, and the other party knows about it. Option contract, a promise to keep an offer open that is paid with an option contract, meaning there's an other stipulation. The offerer is not meaning the other party, you are the ones making the offer, the party accepting that offer is the offerer. Is not permitted to revoke the offer because of the payment. He is bargaining away his right to revoke the offer. Meaning you have all the power, <laughs> meaning it's a unilateral contract. So it applies to unilateral and bilateral contract. But the thing is with bilateral contract, it automatically applies with unilateral contract, option contract. There has to be a stipulation. And that stipulation is the option of you making the stipulation that unless so-and-so happens, then this doesn't happen or that happens. That's what that really is. California rules. Meaning certain things has occurred when it comes to these type of things and it had to be applied. In the minority of states, in the minority of states, applies the mailbox rule to option contract as well. In Palo Alto versus BBTC company, Leather in California, blah, blah, blah. The court held in California, whatever else was said, the effective upon posting mailbox rule has received legislative sanction and is the and is the declared policy of the state. Meaning, hey, look, we honor this. That's what it is. There's no need for us to go against it. As previously explained, when the notice of exercise of the option is viewed, meaning the unilateral contract, the stipulation, adding the mailbox rule, is viewed as an acceptance of an irrevocable offer, meaning you have no choice, meaning I'm giving you this offer and regardless of whether you accept it or not, you don't like the accorded satisfaction. The moment they receive it, they got it. In this case, the reception of it, 
the moment it leaves your possession. And whether they do or not, and there's another section of that a little bit after 3-311 that basically says if any offer for payment is tendered, the moment you tender it, it's it's deemed as being accepted and discharged. So regardless of whether they want to do one thing or the other, which is to meet the for so for a court of satisfaction, for instance, they have 90 days to tell you, hey, send it to the right address or return it to you unaltered or write the same amount of check to you back, making reference to the amount of money that you gave them initially. And they just can't hold on to it, even if they don't cash it. If after 90 days, they cash it or they don't cash it or don't, they don't tell you the correct address to do, send the, that form of discharge to, it's deemed discharged, especially if they've accepted it. No box rule. That's just an example. There are many more, many, many more examples. So just a little bit of something. Uh, a couple of things might have seemed a little bit too much for some. Some might think they got it. Some might still be a bit confused. But slow down and read this. And the moment that light bulb comes on, you will see the great power in this thing called mailbox rule. It doesn't have to do with just discharging of liabilities when it comes to monetary relief. It has to do with any type of correspondence you send through the mail. Any type of correspondence, any type of communication. And keep the stipulations in mind. But overall, it's very simple. Very, very simple. The thing about this mailbox rule is even when you think you got it, until you actually start doing it and you start working the dynamics of it and you start to invoke it, that's when you realize how truly powerful it is and how much of a difference. It really, really makes. So for those who are wise, they will look into this. They will read this case law and get the actual certified copy of the order and put it to use. This can make or break anything. This alone. If you find yourself lagging behind in anything, this can come and save your butt. Believe it or not, it could. Somebody saying, well, we never received a letter, but it shows that the post office accepted it. You see that even something like a certified uh, mail, that little green and white slip that you tear up that they stamp or they put the, the, the fees on it. That right there is meant to be used in conjunction with this right here. Believe it or not, those pieces of paper that the post office have hanging about or that you got to ask them for. <laughs> Those are very powerful tools. And mailbox rule is just one of them that can be used to enforce them. Beyond the postal mail and manuals and all that, there are many more other doctrines and rules out here that are meant to be paired with things people do every day but don't even know the power behind it. Nonetheless, look into the mailbox rule. You can use this to make or break someone or you can use it to fix whatever is broken about whatever you got going on. It's extremely powerful. Put it to use. Best of luck. Now, also, just a, just a quick caveat. 
regarding this mailbox rule just know that any type of mailbox is really not a contract in the venue believe it or not PO boxes even the, if it's attached to your house or land whatever it is that thing that mailbox is not yours that house address is not yours it's a property it's a copyrighted and trademark of the United States Post Office so they're just a contractor medium and it's really not you being contracted with it's them so no one really can it's the USPS being contracted with and the fact that they attach their boxes into wherever your place of abode is does not really make you liable so when somebody is trying to contract with you this is all based on contract law when someone's trying to contact with you and they're putting stuff in that box it's really not you that they're really contracting with it's the USPS so something like the mailbox rule has to be put out there based on contract law because at that point it's a voluntary action it's what it usually would be at least but the moment mailbox rule goes into the equation it kind of sort of compels you to the point where you have no choice to invoke the fact that well that's USPS property not mine right <laughs> so this is for their advantage and this is what they use against most people and that's probably the reason why this will not get overturned in the long, long run. And if there's any modification on the state level, it would actually strengthen this. But guess what? You can put it to use too. Just keep it in mind. It might take a little while for you to really understand the power of this thing. Just, just slow down. Don't get gung-ho and all fired up. Really, really, really become savvy to what this is. And many doors will begin to open up to you. For assistance, you can contact subtlesubstance at protonmail.com. Take care.